Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks. That's betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks for 10% off your first month. And thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recording in progress. Hey guys, we wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about our recent partnership with the amazing Bones Coffee Company. Let's face it, you're probably sick and tired of drinking that old plain Jane coffee brand every morning. Well, fret not, dear listener, Bones Coffee is here to kick your taste buds into high gear. Bones Coffee has a wide variety of flavors to choose from, including maple bacon, peaches and spring, island grog, and my personal favorite, chocolate raspberry. Once you become hooked on the coffee, you'll be excited to learn that they have plenty of merch options to choose from as well. T-shirts, mugs, tote bags, the list goes on. You can buy their coffee in Holbein, Ground, and even Evil Single Serve options. Guys, we wouldn't lie to you. This coffee is great, and we know that you're going to love it too, which is why we have partnered up with Bones Coffee, and now our listeners have an exclusive discount code. Make sure to use the code MUSICSPEAKS at checkout for 10% off your order. That's right, James. Go to bonescoffee.com to kickstart your new coffee addiction and use the code MUSICSPEAKS for 10% off today. Like many of you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Hey everybody, welcome back to the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast, where we fight depression with the power of music. I am your professional handicapped high host. I don't know where I went over there. He's Uh, hot. He's hot to trot. That's right. I can't talk today. So it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those days, I think, you know. It it is. It's late on a Saturday and it is. It my is. brain's fuzzy. Yeah. So I'm gonna say things too that probably yeah. don't make a lot of sense. But I am your handicapped host, James Cox. And no, I am not the voice of Scooter from the Memphis, but everybody asks me that. Yeah, what Correction, a burden. Nobody asked me that. What a what? Well, I am commonly referred to as the loudest guy in the room, but only when I am playing the drums. I am your endless source of useless music knowledge. Uh, my name is Blake Mosley, aka Brosley, aka Emo Bemo. But you know, in the end, it doesn't even matter. Just don't call him. Just don't call him late for dinner because I yeah, love to eat. Right. Love I mean, yeah, it's good food. Yeah. So I had barbecue for the first time in, okay. in like years. 
I went to I went to Maurice's. Bar- I'm not sure if you like mustard based barbecue. Mm, I but love I mustard love based barbecue. I love. I don't like vinegar yes. based. I, mean, yeah, I vinegar. love vinegar too, but I am a mustard based barbecue guy. Yes, so through and that, through. I, I knew I loved you for a reason, and that's the hey, reason. So somebody, we'll, somebody has to. We're all here for a good time. I will say this, um, Brosley. Yeah. So when we were listening to the uh, uh, bonus coffee promo, mm-hmm. you for for our audience, you might remember the theme behind what, what we're yeah. talking about. It's our very first theme ever, and I still think that's the greatest theme next to Doc's, Doc Doc Bress's theme. I I had a lot of fun I love doing that, theme. that. Yeah, and you made it, it with um, your phone, didn't you? I made it on my phone. Yes. Um, which don't give me too much credit. I made it with GarageBand, and it's not very difficult right. to to use that uh, to use that feature. Um, I did the same thing for um, not religious. Right uh, back when we had our band, Fallen Statues, like we kind of had like an intro kind of like track that would play sometimes, like before we started the songs, kind of like as we're like preparing for the song I mean, set the yeah. start or whatever which it kind of like stemmed from that's kind of where the not religious's uh theme song came from was like a portion of that thing that i kind of like condensed and made into a little intro song right right so i like became familiar with how to use garage band in that sense and it's not that difficult like i know it sounds <laughs> it does sound cool it does even sound really, really it, good. i was like oh i did that yeah and i forgot about it um <laughs> And yeah. then, but it, it's not all that difficult. So I don't want to, I don't want to toot my horn too much here, but, um, I did, that's kind of like when we do like a new, like podcast, that's kind of what I use to create yeah. some kind of thing. So there's like no royalties involved and like, exactly. and after our, me and trying to yeah. sue me. Um, it's something that I came up with. I did the same thing for spook show, like spook shows theme song was also created on my phone. Yeah. Um, with garage band it's but it's super fun it's super easy if you have a podcast or if you have a youtube channel or something like that that you are looking to create like a song of some sort uh and you don't want to have to worry about royalties and uh getting sued because you use someone else's music um i highly suggest that it's a lot of fun thankfully doc brass will not i don't i don't think he can well i guess he can sue us (laughs) But uh, but good news is, even if you I, wanted to, I bought the song, so it's ours forever. Yeah, so, right. We own the rights to that. We do. So, we do. And, uh, and do. But we give him credit. He Doc, he created it. Doc is a sweet sweetheart kind of guy. So I I I don't think you've actually met him before, have you? You never no, met I have Doc. not. I was not uh on that episode whenever you interviewed no, him. No, but we need him back and on. And became such lifelong friends. Yeah. Doc, come on, we got to get you on, buddy. Please come uh, back on. I'm glad he's doing okay. Plus, he's doing so much. Oh my god, he's going doing on so there. much yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. So another thing before we start the show, um, I don't know if 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 you're well, you might be aware. I save every show that we have so far on, on video, mostly every show, and yeah. I and I was looking back at our at our previous uh, shows, and I saw something that says. VIP cover wars, and I'm not sure what that meant, you know, at the time, but I, but, but I loaded it up, and I, and, and it was one of the Christmas cover wars songs. Oh, okay. It was um that 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 Wham song. Uh, last Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, it's last Christmas. Okay. 
that is the funniest video I've ever seen because you and I were like, oh my God, come on. We got a kid to go. Man, you and I look like a bored out of our minds listening to those toodles. Great covers. Great covers. Yeah, that's the but, fun part about like the co- especially the cover wars episodes, yeah, uh, yeah. because not every regular episode gets turned into a video unless there is something visually that we are are dissecting, and then yeah. we'll make it a YouTube video. Now, cover wars a lot of times will turn into like every interview is is a, ends up being a video, right? Um, right. And then every cover wars or, or most cover wars end up becoming videos because there are, are music videos that we watch along with them most of the time, which is great, or cool yeah. lyric videos or whatever. Yeah. But when but when there are when there's nothing going on, then <laughs> yes, yeah, it is just me and you nothing. just kind of like yeah, we and you had the had the had the funniest faces because we like, you're like you're like looking over to the corner and okay, well that's from okay, well this is going you know. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I, I know my mind wanders. Uh, Speaking of videos and um, YouTube, uh, go to our YouTube page at When Word yeah. Show. I, I mean, youtube.com slash When Word Show Music Speaks. Um, because I. Okay, so have you heard of a band called Band Made? No. No? Okay, so. I did a did a did a reaction video of the monkeys daydream believer because that's um that's a good one somebody requested that from me so yeah. that's a favorite song so I had to have, so I had to do it okay sure the the and in the comments it said you have to respond react to a band called band made m a i d made like like mates okay. you know clean and okay, okay. Uh, and I got so much feedback from I got. We got like forty six comments, a close to two thousand views on that video. Heck so yeah! If I'm if if you never seen that, heard of that band, go to the video and okay. watch my reaction. Uh, one of our viewers said, "Was I uh, wasted? I guess because I look kind of I don't know, and I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do nothing. I guess he he saw me because I was very very tired." When I was and so yeah, back, James you know, tired. Right, yeah. He's I do asleep. get tired, you know, I'm not a machine like like Mr. Brosley. He is a human being, guys. <laughs> like let's give him some credit, okay? But, but yeah, but I was like well, I, I don't drink, I don't smoke. The only thing I drink is Mountain Dew coffee, bones coffee. Um, bones coffee. Uh orange juice, you know, I don't drink any, you know, crack or co- cocaine products. <laughs> so uh yeah, so all right. Uh I'm but, I'm, I'm glad you don't. But because the, I would but, I do. I will admit that, that if you did, it would make this podcast uh, a little, hectic. a little interesting yeah. to uh, to say the least when it came to the recording process. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like who knows? We may sound like we actually know what, what what we're doing and what we're talking about if we were hopped up on something hey, such as know. that. So, um, but I'm also the same way. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Sometimes I am. I do drink uh, every now and then. Not not very often. I don't do drugs or anything. Never have. Kind of always been scared to death to even try it. Um, we, we do um, prescription drugs. Tell me one time. We, do I, I do take a lot of we, a lot of allergy medication. We do prescription drugs. Though. We don't. I will do say the only time I ever came, I, the only drug like I've ever done, um, I guess, would be like I took a I took a quarter of a Delta Eight gummy one time. Okay, so I thought I was gonna die. Okay, so my friend told me about Delta, Delta Nine gummies. 
Can I tell can I tell you my my Delta Eight story? I don't think I've ever done. Please, it. I'll, all right, I'm, here I'm we go. This is a year I'm, ago. I'm, year ago, uh-huh. um, Allie, uh, as you know, like we're talking about mental health a lot on this show. Yeah, uh, and Allie's very open about it too. But like I, you know, I deal with depression. Allie deals with anxiety, um, really bad anxiety. And uh, one of the <laughs> things that was suggested to her was yeah. the was using Delta Eight gummies that may like calm her nerves a little bit. Right. So right. she picked up a pack one day. I didn't really know what they were. I just figured like, you know, they make you tired. Bears, right? yeah. who, who knows? Whatever. And so one day it's a Saturday. It happened to be a Saturday that we weren't going anywhere. We weren't doing anything. We were just at home. Stranger things had just come out. We were planning on watching stranger oh, nice. things all day. This was the newest season of stranger things. Okay. So we are, we we are watching Stranger Things, and then the discussion about those gummies came up, and I said, I said, uh, you think that that would help? Now, for those of you who may not know, I have a terrible fear of flying. I hate planes. I'm scared to death of flying. Really? Every time that I have flown, uh, it's been a really bad experience because my anxiety at that point goes through the roof, and um, you know, it's just it's a very it's not fun for me. I don't like it. So. So when we get big, if I have to send you to California, you'll have to drive there, right? Um, Blake's <laughs> gonna have to. Blake's gonna have to drive, um, or or Blake's gonna have to get hit the airport bar like really hard before that get on before I get on that plane. We can definitely. Which do surprisingly, that. I haven't done yet, <laughs> yeah. but that probably would calm my nerves a good bit. But okay. I just never think about it because like I'm too anxious to do anything. I but anyway, so she gets these gummies, and I'm like, I wonder if I took one of those, it would help if I like. For me, like flying, like if I have to go somewhere, take a gummy, maybe it'll like calm my nerves a little bit and I can endure it. And she was like, yeah, I mean, it might. Do you want to try one? Because she had not tried one either. I said, yeah, we can do. We can do that. She's like, well, I don't want to take a full one just in case like of the the effects of it. So maybe maybe if we like take a half of one and then we cut that in half. Yes. And I was like, sure. Third, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna cut we're gonna cut this half of a half. <laughs> and I took a sliver of of that gummy, and it took about maybe thirty minutes for it to set in. Mm-hmm. Um, and mind you, again, we're watching Stranger Things. Of all the things that we could have been watching, oh, no, we're watching Stranger mm-hmm. Things, yeah. and that it started to take effect. And I've never done drugs before my life um you know even when i drink i don't drink like a lot to even like get drunk right like i just i don't i don't like the feeling of not like being in control of my body and it started to take effect and we had just gone to bucky's like earlier that week and had some like of the little like candied pecans or whatever i love bucky's and i was eating some of those and that feeling really took over and (laughs) i I did not feel like I was in control. I was very paranoid at that point. And I'm eating these gummies or not the gummies. I'm eating the pecans. And like, I was scared to death that I would, I was going to like eat my tongue. So I just like spit all the, all the pecans out, threw them in the trash, handed out the, the, the bag. And I was like, I can't eat. I can't eat anything. I don't like this. And I'm sitting on the couch watching stranger things. And we're all caught up by now. Everybody has seen it. But it's the scene. It is the scene. The running up the hill, 
scene where where she's like floating in the air right right and vecna is like right uh, you know like controlling her mind and her body is like floating and i'm just watching it like on the couch and i'm freaking out right and i pause it and i was like i i i I don't like this how long does this last and i was like i gotta go lay in the bed so like we (laughs) we went and we laid in the bed and I remember just holding Allie's arm because I was so scared of what was happening oh. and I'm freaking out. <laughs> and, uh, like, yeah, it, it took a while for it to so, get out of my system. Okay. Uh, so much so that the next morning, whenever I had to go, when I had to go to church and like play drums, you know, we play with a click track. Yeah. I had such a hard time focusing on the click track because I still felt weird. Like it wasn't as bad as the night before, but there was still something like in my system. So the click is going off in my head and it just, it's so loud. It felt like it was just banging around. And after that, those two days, I said, I never wanted to try drugs to begin with. And I definitely don't want any part of it now. So like we threw that bag away and I was like, I I would like if i would have taken one of those things and gotten on a plane i probably would have jumped out of the plane yeah Um, and that would have been it would have been so bad but anyway all that to say so so for me so did ellie feel the same kind of thing oh yeah she hated every second of it she was paranoid we were both just freaking out didn't really know what to do and i was like what if like there's an emergency (laughs) like i even took a video of myself telling my future self to never do that again. <laughs> um, Good I, idea. It, sometimes it pops up like in my Snapchat stories. And uh, that's a constant reminder, right? Constant reminder. Uh, just never uh, do that again. Well, maybe I should not take a Delta 9. So I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't suggest it. Okay. All right. Nope. You heard it here first. Blake said no. Yeah. I'm going to listen to it. They know the drugs, kids. Well, stay in school. Yeah. I guess I would be technically a drug, but it's a medical drug. So I don't know. I mean, I'm I big even, on antihistamines. I don't That's know I, if the FDA approved or no, or they just released it without. Uh, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, you I can mean, get them in like drugstores, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So you should be fine. No, but I'm, but I'm not going to take them because I took your advice. So yeah, listen to me. <laughs> right? Just listen to me. Yeah. That's what everybody just Everybody emo, should just emo. listen to Blake. So, okay. That's right. You know so, doing. so when I talk to you, uh, you said you wanted to do it on this yeah. band, and I thought that was like a great thing because we have to. I mean, if we if you if we're going to do a music podcast, this is one of the bands that we have to do it on for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. And and in the same in the same breath, if you're if we have a podcast about mental health, I feel like this is a good band to do it on too. Yes. Um, and, and, uh, that band as, as, as you know, um, because you clicked on this episode, we were talking about Lincoln park. Um, and this is going to end up being a two-parter because there is a lot to cover in the history of Lincoln park. Um, with a lot of emphasis on the, the band is still around. So it's not the end of Lincoln park, but the right. end of Lincoln park, as we know them, um, with the passing of Chester Bennington, um, and all of the, uh, men- Mental health struggles that that guy went through. Very tragic story. Um, and we're, you know, we're going to get into it here uh, in a little bit. But, you know, Lincoln Park was one of my favorite bands for a very, very long time. Um, I was a massive 
Lincoln Park fan. Actually, to say I was a, a massive Lincoln Park fan is a huge understatement. It was it was ridiculous how much I love that band, and still do. Right. Um, you know, and as time went on, and their their sound developed, yeah, like some of the other the, the newer albums, I wasn't crazy about, but like I I mean it when I say that Hybrid Theory and Meteora changed my life, M- much like that self titled Blink One Eighty Two album. That those are those are albums that defined my musical tastes. Um, and like, just, they came out at, at a time in my life where I, I was figuring out, um, just a lot of things trying to figure out how I, you know, like I'm coming to the realization of how life works and, you know, friendships and relationships and things like that. And, uh, it just, those, those albums, those two albums in particular, uh, just did a lot for me. Um, and then I remember when Chester Bennington died, um, I still remember hearing about it and I've, I mean, like we all get sad whenever, whenever celebrities pass, especially if it's a celebrity that we, that we really like cared for or admired and looked up to, but Chester Bennington's death hit that thing hit me hard. Mm. It was, that was, that was something that really did rock me. Um, because yeah. of like, I knew that that guy had been going through some stuff. Um, and Chris Cornell had just passed away yeah, that and was, yeah. they were such good friends. And it was just like a one, two punch because Chris Cornell's yeah. death was also very like tragic yeah. to hear about. And then Chester Bennington right after that, same thing. And and it was just, I don't know. It, it really affected me. And, um, I still think to this day that, uh, that Chris Cornell has like the best, the best voice in like, music history that, that guy oh yeah did, yeah, yeah. So that hit me i would agree he's 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 definitely up there as one of the most influential i just had a, had a great voice too i mean you can't yep. deny Chester's voice you know but um yeah funny yeah, it's, fu- it's, funny it's tragic but funny story to tell you before we kick this off i okay. got um i don't want to say uh well okay so back in 2005 i think yeah yeah i i, I guess I guess Linkin Park came out be, be, way before 2001. Yeah, um, yeah, they, they were around. Okay, so me and my friend went to the bar, a bar in Sumter. Yeah, and I got, and I and, and I got confused that somebody somebody recognized somebody saw me and he thought I was Chester. <laughs> I was like, this awesome. Was, this, this was when I had I I I I had a shaved head, hair. shaved head. Oh, shaved head. Um, okay. Clean face, no no beard. You know, I'm like, yeah. I don't think Chester has a walker. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a big that. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, uh, good try, dude. I but I mean, yeah, yeah. Really? I you can, can see, see it. it. Yeah. I can see it. I can see a little bit of that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. If I shave my head again and can clean yeah, up maybe. This, the beard. Get some, yeah. Get some uh, flame get, right? uh, tattooed yeah. on your forearms. Yeah. 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 Well, they do make a <laughs> fake. Fake uh, on tattoo sleeves. You can put on yeah. the actual sleeves. Yeah, you just, you yeah, slip yeah, them on. Yeah. I had I had one of those at the time. It's cool. <laughs> it, I did it for emo, uh, I did it for Halloween emo, emo uh, costume. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, um, yeah, dude. But uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it would be good to talk about Lincoln Park. I've actually been listening to a lot of Lincoln Park recently. Okay, um, which is so funny because like I I mean I was I was such a massive fan as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like my middle school days and like 
high school years, like really, really was just super, super into this band. Um, I remember I had a, I had a really, I had a small Christmas tree in my room and every year, like I would do like my own theme of a Christmas tree, whatever I was really into at that time. Right. One year I did a Lincoln park Christmas tree and it was, it was cool, man. Like I, I like drew all the ornaments. Um, like I did all the different variations of the Lincoln park, um, like different logos, like the hybrid theory, like guy with the flag, um, the L the L and the backwards P in the square. <laughs> yeah. And like my mom laminated them. And like we made, we did like hole punches in them. We made little ornaments and put around it or whatever. So I had a Lincoln park Christmas tree nice. uh, when, when I was in like fifth or sixth, sixth grade or something like that. Like super into that man. Um, and then, yeah, just everything that happened with Chester, I was just like, man, why don't we do an episode on Lincoln Park? It's definitely not going to be something we can fit into one. We'll have to split it up. Yeah, yeah, because they had um, really had an awesome an amazing. They had a, yeah, big a lot of history, yeah. a lot of ground to cover. So I say let's jump right into it and let's learn. Um, let's learn about Lincoln Park a little cool. bit. Yeah. Um. So rooted at the crossroads of aggressive metal and beat-driven hip hop, Lincoln Park became one of the most successful acts of the early 21st century by incorporating elements of uh from across genres injecting hardcore rap, raucous punk, atmospheric electronic, and even polished pop stylings into their music. Despite being burdened with the oft-derided new metal and rap rock genre desti- uh, designations, they soon evolved beyond those associations into a more complex beast. Indeed, as their original band name and debut album title suggested, they were a hybrid of forces, relying as much on the vocal interplay between uh, singer Chester Bennington and rapper Mike Shinoda as the band's uh, muscled instrumentation, which layered DJ Hans effects atop heavy, processed guitars, and pounding percussion. No matter their direction, pain and catharsis is the, is, excuse me, pain and catharsis remained at their core. From the commercial peak of their hip-hop influence, uh, their hip-hop influenced multi-platinum breakthrough albums Hybrid Theory in 2000 and Meteora in 2003 into a brief electronic phase with 2010's A Thousand Suns, and ultimately their final pop moment, 2017's One More Light. They stayed ahead of the curve without sacrificing heaviness or for chart success. Months after the release of their seventh and final album, as the founding lineup, frontman Chester Bennington passed away, closing the book on a nearly two-decade run that included five chart-topping albums and tens of millions of records sold across the globe. I just thought that was such a good way of kind of summoning kind of, or summing up like what they did in such a, what feels like such a short period of time, but you know, almost 20 years. And, uh, I Lincoln park with the, you know, the, the timeframe that they were really, really big new metal, you know, felt like it was very, defined right mm-hmm. like you could look at a band and you're like that's a new metal band like you just, you just look at them you could tell right and that was the case with lincoln park yes for for sure like you could look at the early photos of them that's just the style that it you know you could tell that, like that's what they were into and they had all the tropes they had a dj in the band they had one guy that was a rapper they had one guy that was the singer but they also they were heavy and he screamed and 
Um, it, it they fit that mold, but at the same time they didn't. If that makes any sense, like going back and you listen, I think I, I was as I was listening to Meteora today. Um, I listened to it in its entirety to kind of like prep for this. Um, there are things about some of those old new metal new metal bands that it sounds very dated. You know, like link like I, as much as I love Limp Biscuit. It's dated, right? Yeah, as much yeah. as I love corn, it's dated. I could listen to it and I'm like, I can tell that was in the 90s. I could tell this was in 2000. But with Lincoln Park, it felt like so so much more than that, especially Meteora. It was it was not confined to that, if that makes any kind of sense at all. They had this way of writing music that was timeless and um things that you can still put on today and it hits it makes you feel the same way, the same way that it did 20 years ago. Meteora is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, 20 years of that album. I remember going and buying that album um, the week that it came out from Kmart, like I, and just oh, wow. going home and Kmart. listening to it. I immediately hopped all over that album and was just hooked um, when it, whenever it came out. But yeah, like they, they just, they found a way, to get their name out there and it felt like they had overnight success. It really did because hybrid theory blew up almost immediately. Um, And people knew that they had something special. And then for them to not have that sophomore slump, like so many bands do Meteora comes out and it's way bigger than hybrid theory is. And people didn't think that was even possible, you know, and just, I don't know. It's just, it was such a special time. I feel like for me, which is okay. So that's a very rare thing with with most bands because your first album, you expect the the second album to blow up, you know. But sometimes that's not true, you know. No, that's a very 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 hard thing to do. Right. That's why they call it the sophomore slump, is because you know it's not uncommon for your first album to be big, right? So you get discovered as here's how it normally goes: you get discovered as a band, right? You get discovered. Um, you have a record label that's like, "Hey, we th- I think we can make we can really market off this. <laughs> you know, we can really profit off these guys. Um, we're going to bring in all these people. The people come in. They tell you to do this, say this, wear this, whatever. Album comes out. It does exactly what they've designed it to do. Then that's when the pressure is on. It's yeah. like, okay, year or two from now, um, you've signed this deal. Now you got to do an album every two years. Um, good luck." Right, yeah. And then it's up to you to yeah, take it yeah. from there. You don't have, I mean, I mean, they're going to, they're going to push that in the same way and they're going to market it as much as they can. But you, the pressure's on you to write the songs that are going to like, how do you, how do you find the hits? Yeah. Like there, there is a structure to it. And when Meteora came out, it just ripped perfect. from beginning to end. Like per- so good. Perfect example. It's, it's corn. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, uh, debut album Corn blew up. Their second album Life Is Peachy went <laughs> straight down. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until issues of that they went back up again and they took off yeah. from there. So, yeah, I I, I think me, me the the music industry is a um, it's like a poker game. You know, you never what kind yeah. of cards are going to be dealt. You know, everything's Whether a big gamble. Like good, it really yeah, is. Right. There's no, there's no guarantee that anything's. You don't know how people will react to your songs. Everything is a gamble. 
Um, and then for some people like Lincoln Park who wanted to challenge themselves and didn't want to be confined. Yes, they were a new metal band, but they didn't want to be defined by that right. because they had so many different types of influences. They were heavily influenced by heavy metal music. They were heavily influenced by underground hip hop um, and electronic music. And so all these war, I mean, that was, that was the original name of the band was hybrid theory. It wasn't Lincoln park. It was hybrid theory. Really? Uh, really it was zero, but then like hybrid theory was what they were marketing as up until the last minute before the, before the first album came out, they were still called hybrid theory. Um, I, did, I did not know that. And, and that name, that name summed it up so well as they were, they were blending all these things and all these influences and it worked. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll shut up now. This is, <laughs> this is one of those bands that I'm very hey, passionate man, you, about. You, this so. good because this this tells people that 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 we're passionate about music and yeah, very you know, very passionate so about this band. It, they meant a lot to me. It's, so it's very very good. So if you live under a bridge with Billy Goat's Gruff and you don't know who Lincoln Park is, well, let me tell we'll you take. about them. Yeah, so we'll tell you about them. Okay, Lincoln Park is an American rock band from uh, uh, Agor. Uh, Agora, Agora Hills, Agora Hills, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band's current lineup comprises vocalist, rhythm, guitarist, keyboardist Mike Shinoda, lead guitarist Brad Delson, bassist Dave Farrell, DJ turntablist Johan, Johan, H-A-H-A-N, Mr. Han, Mr. Han, um, and drummer Rob Burden. B-O-U-R-D-O-N, Burden, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Borden, I think. Borden. Maybe how he pronounces that. Yeah, I can't okay. remember. All right. But that's kind of cool. You know, Borden. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like Lizzie Borden. Uh, they came uh, up with the new album. So, you know, go listen to that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, all of whom are founding members. Uh, vocalist Mike Wakefield and Chester Bennington are former. Members of the band, I I didn't know that Mark. I there was heard, another, yeah. There was another vocalist. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. There was a there was okay. another one. Um, before Chester, before Chester uh, okay, so, joined. So so Mark Wakeford Wakefield was the first one. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Uh, category as alternative rock, I would call a metal, but that's me. <laughs> um, a new metal, I guess, is is the famous term that they use, uh, right? Are, yeah. Are you new metal kind of Florida? Yeah. Okay. That that's that's what people have usually well rock and metal lumped them into. Yeah. Rock slash metal is the same thing, really, kind of sort of, but not really. Yeah. Um, Lincoln Park's earlier music spanned uh, a fusion of heavy metal and hip hop, uh, while their later music features more electronica and pop elements. Uh, Lincoln Park, Park is among the best-selling bands of the 21st century and the world's best-selling music artists. Having sold over 100 million records worldwide, uh, they have won two Grammys, six American Music Awards, two Billboard Music Awards, four MTV Video Music Awards, ten... I I feel like I'm I, like I'm singing that uh, Christmas Carol. Ten <laughs> yeah, two turtle doves and a yeah. partridge in a pear tree. Right, 
10, God bless them. <laughs> 10 MTV <laughs> Europe Music Awards and three World Music Awards. That's a lot of yeah. awards, man. A lot, man. Oh, they yeah. racked up. Yeah. Um, but in 2003, MTV2, which is very odd to say now. I miss MTV2, man. That, that MTV2 was great. What happened to MTV1? Oh, I wait don't know. They were, they, were, they, were, they were the MTV that still played music for a long time, was MTV2. Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, in 2003, MTV2 uh, named Linkin Park the sixth greatest band of the music video era and the third best of the new millennium. Who the hell were the first two? I want to <laughs> know. know. I don't know. Um, but I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, Billboard ranked Linkin Park number 19 on the best artists of the decade list. In 2012, the band was voted as the greatest artist of 2000s in a bracket madness poll on VH1, which is great. Um, in 2014, though, the band was declared as the biggest rock band in the world right now by Craig. Craig? Krang? I don't know. Uh, sorry, I was... Yeah. Uh, by Krang, yes. Krang. By Krang. Um, Wasn't okay, Krang so one, of the, one of the villains for the Turtles? <laughs> I don't know. It might have been. Krang! Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm trying to... I'm trying to yeah, find... Yeah, but who was the, the other two? Like, right, yeah. The actual... Okay, maybe maybe this is it here. So it's a really odd odd number, but it was like MTV MTV did a twenty two greatest bands twenty two. Okay, it's an odd, that's an odd number. number, right? So that's a, yeah, that is an odd number, right? No, no, that's an even number. But that, well, but just an odd number to do a yeah, list for yeah. like a like. Yeah. Anyway, let me see who. So Lincoln Park was number six. Yeah. Okay, here are all the here are all the bands that beat Lincoln Park. Okay, oh, you God, ready? Here we go. So Lincoln Park's number six. Number five, Radiohead. No, I don't agree with that. No. I don't know the hype. I can't I don't understand. We're going like for creep, was like but creep, but that's it. That's all it Creep know. is about the only song I can like and I, I get. And, and Paranoid like, Android. That's that's pretty yeah. good, but I don't yeah, I don't yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you two, like I do love you two, but I would not put them. I like one in song. The top five, no. I like one song from them. They got a couple of them that I like, but it, I don't. Know. One. All right. Um, number three, Guns and Roses. I can see They're that. Great. I can see that. They're great, but I, I again, better, I don't know if I'm going to put them in the top I don't, five best bands I, ever. I don't know if they're better than Lincoln Park. Um, okay, the number two and number one makes a lot more sense. Number two, Metallica. Fair. That's very fair. Number one, Nirvana. Fair. Very, very fair. fair yes, fair, but fair, I do not agree with the rest of the list. Are. Yeah, I'll always Nirvana, love Nirvana is, is Nirvana. right. Nirvana is correct all the way. Correct. Yeah, I would. Wanna, I would agree with that. If you want to fight me? We can. We can call Dana White instead of a I'll UFC fight. fight. You. Yeah, so. he's passionate about it. He's so passionate. Yes, you are too. Okay. You love Nirvana too. I do. I love yeah, Nirvana. Right. Love Nirvana. Okay. Let's talk about the early years here of uh, of the Lincoln Parks. So Lincoln Park was uh, founded by three high school friends. You got Mike Shinoda, Rob Borden, and Brad Delson. The three attended Agora High School in Agora Hills, California, a suburb of Los Angeles. Um, after graduating from high school, 
the three began to take their musical interests more seriously, recruiting Joe Hahn, uh, Dave Phoenix for uh, Farrell. Uh, and we're, we're probably going to refer to him a lot as Phoenix from here on out. That was and just that's the, a, and that's the guitarist, a nickname. Right? The, the bassist. Bassist, okay. The bassist, yeah. Um, and Mark Wakefield to perform in their band, which was then called Zero, spelled with an X. Ooh. Ooh. Getting very new metal. There. <laughs> very new metal. Yeah, wow. Right. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're edgy. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> through limited, excuse me, though limited in resources, the band began recording and producing songs with Shinoda's makeshift bedroom studio in 1996, resulting in four track, excuse me, in a four track demo album. Uh, entitled Zero, released in November of 1997, which we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but like Mike Shinoda is so much more than just like a rapper in some new metal band. The guy is a musical genius um, and he has the ability. He is really good at just writing music, um, very creative, very involved, like with every step, excuse me, every step of the process that goes into um, creating, writing these songs to creating the albums. So like anyone who thinks otherwise, that thinks like, you know, you throw a, a rapper in a new metal band and that's about all they're good for. Mike should know to prove them wrong. Mm. Cause, and then on top of that, he was, he was a great rapper too. Like, yeah, he had great, he had great lyrics. He had great rhymes. Like guy was incredible. Still is incredibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So Delson, uh, the guitarist introduced the band to Jeff Blue, the vice president of AR, um, the vice president of AR uh, for Zamba music, um, who he had interned for in college. Uh, Zamba was very, um, very, that was the music label, if I remember correctly. I'm double checking now. Um, yep. Uh, so it was owned and, owned and operated under Sony. Um, it was like kind of one of these like, umbrella like companies or whatever. Anyway, Zamba was responsible for like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, all that. Right. So, um, so anyway, he interned for them in college. Blue offered the band constructive criticism, uh, to catch the attention of record labels. Blue himself was impressed with zero after watching them play a live show in 1998, but believed that the band needed a different vocalist. Um, tensions and frustration within the band grew after they failed to land a record deal. Uh, the lack of success and a uh, stalemate and stalemate in process um, prompted Wakefield at that time, the band's vocalist to leave the band in search of, of other projects. Uh, Farrell also left to tour with, <laughs> okay, this is fun. I found this out today. Farrell also left to tour with tasty snacks, a Christian punk and ska band. Never thought I'd say that. Anyway, tasty snacks, tasty snacks spelled with an X. Yeah, spelled with an X. Okay. So never heard anyway. of them. I've never heard of them either. <laughs> and you know, like mm. not all of it is good. Some of it is very, very cringy. But okay. like okay. Christian right. like pop punk bands back in the day, man, they were actually really good. Like mm. Reliant K, Hawk Nelson, like all their, I their stuff. Was Reliant great. K. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah. Reliant K is great. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so after spending a considerable time uh searching for Wakefield's replacement. A zero recorded Arizona's vocalist Chester Bennington, who was recommended by Jeff Blue in March nine nineteen ninety nine. I graduated in ninety nine. You did? Yeah. What was what was your graduation song? 
I don't know. It wasn't Time of Your Life by no. it wasn't Good Riddance by I, Green Day, was it? No, I think it was the um it's that one girl who had uh oh yeah, that was the Duffy song, I think. It's oh, is it vitamin C? Yes. Oh yes, my god! Yeah. It was vitamin C. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. Winter yeah. So, uh, fun fact: the other day at work, like we had a contest for like you know teams and stuff like that. Right. The losing team basically had to like sing a song in the uh, like weekly meeting that we have. Right. And the team that I was on. We won, so I didn't have to do it. But that oh. was the song that was chosen for them to sing. Oh my god! But there was one, there was one girl on the other team who was like so mortified about having to do that that I like pulled like a Katniss Everdeen and I was like, "I volunteer as tribute. Everdeen. I'll sing for her." <laughs> right. And that is the song that we had to sing. So I don't know who uh, who chose that one, but dear God, there was such more it's a lot uh, of good graduation. Songs have, like a biscuit, we didn't have you know, a graduation song where I went to school. You didn't, like that was uh, not allowed. No. Uh, so. I mean, we could have had a Limp Bizkit song where we had... I guess. Have, 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 I guess. <laughs> Break stuff. I guess, like, if I would have... If my if my graduating class would have had a um a graduation song, it would have prop... <laughs> this song was huge at the time, but you know The Climb by Miley Cyrus? Yes, yes. So it probably would have been that. Is that, is that Miley um, Cyrus? Miley Cyrus or Hannah Montana? That was, I think that was Miley Cyrus. I think that was something she released under her name. Okay. But, so we didn't, but we, where I went to school, it was a very like strict private school. So they wouldn't have done that. But like what I did was in everyone's yearbooks that year, my graduating year, I, every, every yearbook that I signed, I just wrote the lyrics to the chorus of the climb by Miley Cyrus and was wondering how long it would be before people caught on that that's what I was doing. Cause it's very inspiring. You know, it's always going to be another mountain. You're always going to want to make it move. It's always going to be an uphill battle. And sometimes you're just going to have to lose. It ain't about how fast that you get there. It ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. Have a great summer. Love Blake. <laughs> well, anyway. I, I'm sure no one picked it up until just now. <laughs> Some um, people bit it up immediately. Like they looked at it and they just like uh, close the yearbook, just walk away. Yeah, it's like, like freaking Blake. <laughs> 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 okay, so Bennington oh, okay. uh, from the of a post grunge band Gray Days, which is amazing. Gray Days actually is really y'all good. And what's y'all... what's crazy is that band is actually still around. Really? Um, and they have gotten a lot of like notoriety because That's Chester we, Bennington yeah. was their their singer before he joined Lincoln Park. Oh, um, so they got And so like okay. now they have like released music with For Chester sure. singing on it. And you know, it's just which is great. I love yeah. that. I, I love Every, that they're getting some recognition. Everybody wants here past, yeah. I, yeah. Especially like unreleased, you know. Oh, by the way, you have to you have to spell days D A Z E. Another another like custom word, you know. Very very new metal. Very creative, yeah. right? So. It was the nineties. So, <laughs> Bennington was formerly known, formerly from Gray Days, uh, and mm-hmm. then became a standout among applicants because of the dynamic in his singing style, which is true. 
Oh gosh, yeah. Guy can sing. Yeah. Uh, the band then agreed on changing their name from Zero X E R O to Hybrid Theory. Uh, the newborn vocal chemistry between Sonoda and Minnington helped revive the band, inciting them to work on new material. In 99, uh, the band released a self-titled extended play, which they circulated around the, across the internet chat rooms and forums with the help of the online street team. Yes, very the band was very, very involved with like chat rooms um, in the late 90s. Um, and they said that that was actually a lot of there, there's there's a lot of credit to be given to yeah. those chat rooms and like getting their music out at the time. I wonder like, this if is before MySpace, this is before TikTok, this is before YouTube. Was um, AOL still around in '99? It was like AOL. It was okay. like AIM, like things been, like that. Like, I, yeah, because I, I must have served like hundreds and hundreds of chat rooms. Yep. I never met Mike Chernota, so I don't know which which room. No, I in. never, I never had the pleasure of speaking to any of them. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe, but, maybe we'll get a chance today out or something. So, and you were, you know, you were talking about uh, based on the way he stood out, uh, Chester Bennington. Um, there is a, there is a, a DVD. That it, it was like so when I bought Meteora, it was the basic. Long story short, bought the basic like copy of meteora when it came out wore the crap out of it like i mean <laughs> slap out man like yeah. played it every day like had a little like portable cd player you know that was like big and bulky and i had my headphones i just listened to it all the time on the way to school at school after school whatever yeah all the um, time <laughs> over the summer i'm walking around i got my headphones on um and i went to like camp one year and like had my cd and was sitting by this this kid on the bus and um you know he was like can i can i borrow your cd player and listen to something i was like yeah sure so um you know he put something in i can't remember what it was but he took my copy of meteora out and put it in his pocket oh no and he like dropped something he dropped something he bends down to get it and it cracks the CD, and I was heartbroken, man. I was so distraught over that. Um, but then, you know, like, it, you know, uh, it wasn't long after that. Um, my mom actually got me like the spe- like special edition of Meteora. Great. Um, the one that had the, you know, typically Meteora had like a tan like background or whatever on it or a color scheme. This one was the blue one. So it was like the enhanced edition. Right? Right. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it came with a making of documentary of them recording and, and everything for Meteora. And I love that kind of stuff. To this day, I still love like the making of movies and the making of albums. Like I'm just, it's so interesting to watch how they did this, this and that. And uh, anyway, so like I'm watching this thing and they're talking about Chester Bennington's uh vocals and the way that he sings the way he sings is not only does he have like a great like soft um singing tone but when he sings not screaming when he's singing aggressive and there's like there's there's like a gutter it's not guttural but it's it's almost like like a screaming and singing at the same time because he's singing in different keys and he's got a melody but he's like screaming at the same, kind of at the same time. 
but not fully. It's hard to describe it, right? Yeah, right. But he's like, it, he's like, it's the most intriguing thing because you don't even have to add any kind of effects on his voice because he just does it. Nice. So you're listening to it, and he's like, he's like, it's almost like you can hear five or six different voices in that one voice when he sings like that. Um, and the and then and then and then like his screaming voice on top of that was just incredible. It stood yeah. out and like. Like, uh, you know, uh, you go back and listen to the songs like One Step Closer and it's just, it's so, it's so heavy yeah. and it's just, the, and then like on top of that, but that's a good song to listen to too, to hear what that guy's talking about. Like it's, he's singing the chorus of that song. It's got a melody, everything you say, you know what I mean? but the way he's doing it, it's aggressive and it's, it's like, it could be a scream if he wanted it to get there, but he's not letting it get there. Right. It's, it's just enough to kind of tease what's to come. And then when they get into that like big breakdown, shut up when I'm talking to you part, it's like full blast. And and you're just like, okay, I'm sold. I'm sold. Done. Yeah. Love it. Nice. nice. Anyway. All right. So the band struggled to sign a record deal. I don't know why that's pretty odd. Um, they, They turned to Jeff Blue for... For additional help after facing numerous rejections from several major record labels. After failing to catch Warner Brothers records uh, on three previous reviews, um, Blue, who was now the vice president of Warner Brothers, uh, helped the band sign a deal with, with the company after developing artists in 99. However, the label advised the band to change their name to avoid confusion with hey with hybrid. Yeah. Uh, the band a, a, Okay. Another, yeah. yeah go ahead. Which was a, a British like electronic band. Um you know, Blink Blink went through the same thing. Like Blink they added the one eighty two on their name because there was a Swedish like band. I can't remember what kind of music they were, but they, they were just called Blink. And so, you know, Blink-182 was originally just called Blink. And, you know, they started, in fact, they put out like a couple of VPs under that title without the 182 on it. And then you get like a cease and desist order <laughs> from this band that's like, we're going to sue you if you don't stop using our band name. And so they were just like, okay, 182. Okay. Oh, there, okay. now it's not the same band name. So, and then it just becomes this iconic thing. So Everyone's in upper so band what, now. What, right. Yeah. So, so 182 didn't have a meaning behind it, just... No, there is no significance okay. in the 182. There is not. Some people have tried to decipher it over year over the years, and like everyone can confirm, there is no <laughs> significance. It is just a random number that they slapped on there, so they didn't. They wouldn't get sued. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's good because I mean, look, yeah. look what it did for the band. You know. But yeah, and now um, then everybody wanted to be a number band. Some 41, Catch 22. Like it, it just it really picked up after that. So these are some more names. Okay, so the band Lincoln Park, um, we're talking about. Uh, the band yeah. considered the names Clear, P L E A R, and Platinum Clear, Lotus. Clear, I don't know. And Platinum Lotus Foundation. Okay. What does Clear mean? P L E. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, before deciding on Lincoln Park. So that was two of the, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, player in Platinum Blue, this foundation. 
Platinum Explorers. PLF? I don't know. Uh, uh, okay, so a plate on our homage to Santa Monica's Lincoln Park. Santa Monica's. Okay. Um, yep. Now called Christine Emerson Reed Park. Oh, okay. So, okay, so Lincoln Park, but like actual park in Santa Monica. Right. Right. Santa Monica, yeah. California. Ah, okay. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, so they initially wanted to use the name Lincoln Park. However, they changed it to Lincoln to Im- to implying okay, so they changed the, the spelling to L I N K I N to yeah. acquire the internet domain LincolnPark.com. Of course, and and again, it was the '90s, and that's what you did. It just <laughs> and to make it, it more metal, cool, it makes it a little more metal, right? Let's make it stand out more of it. And it's if easier. there was a way for them to do a backwards letter in there, and like easier to spell did, too. Yeah. it would just like, and they'll spell corn with a K and let's just, let's call it a thing like that. And do that backwards R in the corn. Yeah. Biz kit. Biz kit. You know, that was just the thing to, that was the thing, the thing yeah. to do. Puddle of mud, but let's put two D's on it. And put them one backwards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, okay. Uh, um, so Bennington and Shinoah, Shinoda. I have trouble yeah. pronouncing that name sometimes. Should uh, yeah, so you, I'm, I'm still messing that up. Um, <laughs> Shinoda both reported that Warner Brothers uh, Records was skeptical of Lincoln Park's initial recordings. Uh, the labels A and R were not pleased with the band's hip hop and rock style approach. Shame on you. Shame. Don't shame. know why either, because that was the hottest thing to do at that time. And for some reason they were like, eh, eh, no. like, okay, all right. You're not going to, you're not going to cash in on this trend that like literally everybody is doing where like, again, Lincoln park was the exact like thing that a new metal, a new metal band was defined as like it, it that was them. They had a DJ, they had a guy that rapped, they had a guy that sang and, and, uh, and and uh, would scream and like they all wore really baggy pants and like just that was that was what they did. They got spiky red hair. Like it's just they looked like a new metal band. And you're telling me you guys didn't think that was a good idea? <laughs> what a no. bunch of idiots! Like uh, right. yeah, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, and A and R representative uh, suggested that Bennington should demote or fire Shinoda. Jeez, and yep. exclusively focus on making rock. Records, yeah, which is the worst thing that they could have done. Yeah, I hate record labels. Sometimes I'm like, "What are you doing?" I still man? hate record labels. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bennington supported Chinch, uh, Chinoda and refused to comp to comp compromise com- comprise. I don't know. Um, Lincoln Park's vision of Fort Album. Farrell returned in late 2000. And the band released their breakthrough album, Hybrid Theory, that same year. Unfortunately, he's not on the back sleeve of that. So, really funny story about about him, too. So, like, he was in the band. He left to go play with the ska band that, you know, it, we didn't, we just found out about today. <laughs> but, like, if you look at Hybrid, because, all right, when I, I remember, I remember getting Hybrid Theory, too, whenever I was a kid, because in the end, was everywhere on the radio. And I love that song. And just fell in love with the rest of the album. But I remember buying Lincoln Park's Hybrid Theory, and on the back sleeve has the track listings and all that stuff, and it has a picture of the band because that's typically what you would do too. Yeah, this really cool like 
kiddos. Hey, kiddos, listen to this. So like back in the day, you buy a CD um, and it has a cool album artwork and then you, you turn it to the back and on the back sleeve, it has like the track listings and you can read the names of the songs. And uh, so sometimes like the names of the songs were dangerous and it, ex- it excited you and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you and then most of the time there was a picture of the band on the back, too. So you could be like, holy crap, these guys are cool looking or whatever. Or these guys are scary. Slipknot wasn't afraid of any of that. They put themselves right on the cover of the album to let let you know how scared they were. <laughs> but anyway, so you look on the back and it has all of them on there, like Chester standing there. And he's just scary looking and he's got his blonde spiky hair and his flame tattoos on his arms. Mike Shinoda's over there with his red spiky hair and the rest of them look like, you know, they're like, could have, could also be like in a hip hop band and like they can go ski boards. And uh, anyway, so, but, but Phoenix, Dave Farrell is not on that back sleeve because when, at the time when they were promoting that album before, like right before, hybrid theory like came out he had not rejoined the band yet mm. so he is not on the back sleeve but he has played he played bass on most of those tracks okay. so it's just kind of a funny thing like he's always kind of been in the band but a lot of people are like oh well he joined after i was like no 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 no, no. he was there <laughs> no 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 he was there he's he in all there. the music videos yeah. it's it is the it is strictly the timing of whenever they took the the, the photos, photos yeah. to promote that album he had not rejoined the band yet so okay Anyway, um, all right. So, all that to say, we're, let's get into Hybrid Theory, the album that like changed it all. Uh, so, Lincoln Park released Hybrid Theory on October twenty fourth, two thousand. Uh, the album, which represented half a decade's worth of the band's work, was edited by Don Gilmore. Um, Don Gilmore has done more albums than you could possibly imagine. Um, worked a lot with Blink One Eighty Two as well. Um, so hybrid theory was a massive commercial success. Huge emphasis on that massive commercials. It sold more than 4.8 million copies during its debut year, earning it in the status of, uh, the best selling album of 2001 while singles such as crawling and one step closer, um, established themselves as staples among alternative rock radio play, uh, lists during the year. Additionally, other singles from the from the album uh, were featured in films such as Dracula 2000, Little Nicky, and Valentine. Hybrid Theory won a Grammy Award for Best Hard Rock Performance for the song Crawling, excuse me, and was nominated for two other Grammy Awards, Best New Artist and Best Rock Album. MTV awarded the band their Best Rock Video uh, and Best Direction Awards uh, awards for In the End. Uh, through though the uh, excuse me through the winning of the Grammy for best hard rock performance, uh, Hybrid Theory's overall success had catapulted the band into mainstream success, um, and definitely so. Uh, I I like I I didn't know about Lincoln Park before In the End, but In the End was all over the radio um, whenever I was a kid, and um, my mom like also. My mom loves Lincoln Park, or at least loves like the early, the nice. early stuff. She yeah, truly does. It, yeah. Um, and she loves in the end. Um, and she taught me like so. My mom like, like dabbles with the piano. She would never tell you that she like knows how to play the piano, but she is familiar with it. Does she know how to play the piano? Our do what? Does she know how to play the piano? She, secretly, she, a little bit, a little okay, bit. Okay. But okay. she <laughs> she knows enough to 
she taught me how to play the piano part on in the end so like okay. to this day dun, when i go dun, up to the keyboard dun, dun, i just go yeah awesome dude it was everywhere though that that album was everywhere man right, yeah. um during this time lincoln park received many invitations to perform on many high profile uh, profile tours and concerts including Ozfest, family values tour and the K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas. The band worked with Jessica Sklar to uh, found their official fan club and street team, Lincoln Park Underground, baby. And of course, I was a part of it. Nice. Uh, I was, man. Yeah, I got a t-shirt dude. and everything. Heck yeah. Uh, so that came out in November of 2001. Um, Lincoln Park also formed their tour, Project Revolution, which featured another, uh, which other, excuse me, featured other notable artists such as Cypress Hill, Adema and Snoop Dogg. Um, within a year stretch, Lincoln Park had performed at, at over 320 concerts. The experiences and performances of the of the precocious band were documented in their first DVD. Again, I owned a copy of it. Frat Party at the Pancake Festival, which debuted in November of 2001. Okay. I remember being an FYE. What was, what was that? Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Keep, 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 so, keep, like, yeah. I'm walking around at this time, like, you know, it's 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 the probably like the last hurrah of the mall scene, right? Was like my generation going to the mall and walking around FYE and I come across like the DVDs and again like I love like making of DVDs and music like DVDs of some some variety and I came across one that had Lincoln Park's name on it. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So I pick it up. Uh, I pick it up and it's called Frat Party at the Pancake festival and i was like this sounds great i don't know what this means but it sounds <laughs> oh, great. we'll get it yeah yeah i'm gonna get i'm gonna get it and i bought it and i watched it and it was just i'm telling you between that and the making of the meteora documentary mm. like those watching them and there's those early days uh of like hybrid theory coming out and them kind of like getting all this success and like how they dealt with it and documenting that whole time of like getting you know like blowing up and like their songs getting more and more recognition filming music videos and watching these things like start to really like unfold for them and like really blow up it was just so cool i love frat party at the pancake festival i'm sure i'm sure it's still at my mom's house somewhere maybe one day i'll grab it and, and watch it again i don't know maybe it's on youtube i don't know people do that nowadays too Question before we move on. I was yeah. part of a street team, but I'm curious what you got for the street team. For the for the for Lincoln, Lincoln Park yeah, Underground, yeah, yeah. dude, because, I got a t-shirt because I was part of the of the Lukonokoyo one, and I got t-shirts, I got oh, stickers, cool. I got this, yep. that, and and I go and I went to concerts and handed out the stickers, and that's what the street team is for people who yeah, don't man. know who that is. Yeah. So yeah. So as as part of the uh, their street team, the Lincoln Park Underground. Um, you know, you got like a lot of unreleased tracks. And again, this is before the days of Spotify. So like right. if, if it wasn't on an album, you hardly you could hardly find it. Yeah. So like you had access to to like demos and unreleased songs and collaborations and things like that. So I remember getting a CD and it had all these like really cool Lincoln Park songs on there, remixes of different things, because that's what they did. Um and uh uh, yeah, it, and, and we're going to get to that in just a second, like, yeah. kind of like that whole thing, too. But, um, yeah, you got stickers and all kind of other stuff. And, and uh, I don't know, it's just cool. 
And like, I didn't do it for like too long. Um, yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. It was, but it was, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun Another yeah. one I always wanted to do was the Fiend Club. Like I like misfits. Yeah, I've been younger. I might would have, I might would have actually pursued that a little more. Yeah. Um, but like, maybe one day I'll still do the Fiend Club. I don't know. God, do they still have it? So much. They still have it. Yeah, the Fiend Club is still around. Really? Yep. I might do it with you, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Fiend Club, man. Yeah. Um, but speaking of like remixes, let's talk about reanimation real quick. Um, so now reunited with former bassist Phoenix, the band began work on a remix album dubbed Reanimation, uh, which would include works from Hybrid Theory and non-album tracks. Uh, reanimation debuted on July 30th, 2002, featuring the likes of Black Thought, Jonathan Davis from Corn, Aaron Lewis from Stained. Uh, and many others. Reanimation claimed the second spot on the Billboard 200 and sold nearly 270,000 copies during its debut week. Um, Hybrid Theory is also one of the RIAA's top 100 albums. Nice. Um, So Reanimation was was all the songs from Hybrid Theory, but Mike Shinoda and Joe Hahn remixed every single one of them. They brought in guest rappers, um, you know, from the likes of Wu-Tang Clan and Jurassic Five uh, and all these different guys, you know, coming in and just doing some verses um, over Linkin Park songs. And they've been re they've been remixed, but then they would bring in like, okay, I have to talk about the remix to One Step Closer. It is the most epic sounding thing that I can describe. I, I, I Actually, I don't even know how to describe it. Have you ever heard it? I don't think I have. I want you to do a video reaction to that one day done the the reanimation version of one step closer featuring jonathan davis okay um it is just it it is amazing um because it's it's a little bit longer but there's a lot of like build up to it and i just i want to see what your reaction would be to it. okay i bought reanimation as soon as it came out too and i remember (laughs) i remember getting it at kmart again Mm -hmm. and um and like we went to church like right after that and like I hadn't had a chance to listen to it yet. And I just remember the whole time I'm sitting in church and I'm like, I cannot wait to put the CD in and just listen to it. And I did. And it was all the songs that I loved on hybrid theory. But now there was like all these guest rappers on it and like the songs had been restructured. And I don't know. I don't know. It was just it was a cool experience, man. But, it was it, truly something. But you had to get the message from God first. Whatever, had to get, what, I had to sit through the that, church service Whatever that message could, was, that was a good message. Yeah. And then you went home. You know, yeah, I, mean, I can't remember what the message was about. But I remember I could not wait Almighty. for that thing to be yeah. over so I could go home and listen <laughs> to my Lincoln Park CD. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. So, all right. So let's talk about Meteora. Did I, did I yeah. say that right? Meteora? Yeah, Meteora, yeah. Sometimes I get like, you know, did I say that right? I don't know if I did. Oh, okay, did. okay, okay. That's it. Okay. All right, so... um. Following the success of Hybrid Theory uh, and Reanimation, Linkin Park spent a significant amount of time touring around the United States. Did you ever see them when they went? No, no, I never got no. a chance to see Linkin Park, no. um, and I um, hate that. Yeah. I absolutely hate that. Maybe one day, but maybe one day because according to you, they're back. But you know, we'll maybe, we'll maybe find one out day later. they're they're still around, and we'll talk about this probably more in the second part. Yeah, um, yeah. they're still around, but they don't have any plans to do mu- 
new music right now mm-hmm. because Chester Bennington was such a big part of that band. It's just kind of like, how do you even go on? Un- un- uh, it can be done. Yeah. I just don't know if or when they will do that. So, I oh okay, so I do have something to say about that later, though. When, yeah, when we talk about it, because that's a okay. big deal. That's a big deal for everybody. Yeah. Uh, the band's members began to work on new material amidst their saturated schedule, uh, spending a silver, a sliver, sorry, of their free time in their tour buses studio. I thought that's cool. They're made their own. Yeah. Okay, no, no. Um, the band officially announced the production of the new studio album in December of 2002, revealing their new work was inspired by the rocky region of Meteora in Greece. Yeah. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, where numerous monasteries have been built on top of the rocks. Uh, Meteora features a mixture of the band's new metal and rap metal style with newer innovation effects, including uh, the, in- the induction of a... Uh, help me here? Uh, shakuhachi. Okay. Um, a Japanese fl- flute made of bamboo. Uh, yeah. So, so I guess somebody the song a flautist. Yes, a flautist. <laughs> um, the song that they're referring to with that is the song Nobody's Listening, um, which has yeah. this really cool, like, it features this flute, this Japanese flute um, in the intro. It's really, really cool. Um, and one thing that they will tell you, too, is, like, one of the biggest influences for Lincoln Park, uh, you know, it would definitely be like Japanese subculture uh, of any variety, whether that's anime, whether that's um, like Gundam, um, like, you know, like the, you remember, you remember Gundam Wing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Like huge influence on that band. Um, The art style and, and and just very, 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 very heavily influenced by Japanese culture and and Japanese uh, subcultures. Um, So, um, I was not surprised whenever, uh, I mean, you can, you can look too. like, sometimes they would take Japanese like lettering and like morph it into their style somehow. Like there's, there's one Lincoln park logo that I absolutely love where they took Japanese letters, but they flipped them in right. certain ways to spell Lincoln park. And it's the coolest looking thing. Um, I think they did that for reanimation, but Anyway, I'm listening to that, to that album and nobody's listening comes on and it starts with this like really cool Japanese flute thing and I felt like I was watching like a samurai movie or something. It was just it was awesome. Yeah, because I pulled because I pulled up Apple Music and I typed it in Lincoln Park and I do see the the, the cover of reanimation. And yeah. it is just like Gundam. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. Yeah, it's got, yeah. Like a Gundam. Yeah, it, it's really cool. So Lincoln Park's second album. Uh, debuted on March twenty fifth, twenty oh three, and instantly became instantly earned worldwide recognition, going to number one in the U.S. and the U.K. and number two in Australia. Yeah, it again. There was no sophomore slump for for Lincoln Park. They they lived up to that a thousand percent. Here's what I would. Here's what I will say. So I was listening to Meteora today, and I think part of what that success, part of their success, for one thing, is doing those albums back to back to back. Right. So, um, you know, uh, 
a hybrid theory comes out in two in 2000 but they toured extensively on it right and like it was they have there was a like like one step closer and crawling was really big in 2000 but then 2001 comes along and in the end blows up and so you have like it's almost like having a new album success all over again right for another yeah. year yeah. okay and then 2002 comes out and they're like all right well now we're going to take what we're going to take hybrid theory that everybody loves and we're just going to we're going to remix all the songs so that made reanimation such a success because it's like, well, we already know these songs, but now it sounds like, you know, more DJs and more rappers are in there. It's just cool. So let me clarify this yeah. for, for the good people that listen to us. Even though reanimation came out after hybrid theory, Meteor is technically their second album. Yes, because, yeah. so, because reanimation, reanimation was a remix, was a remix and that's not like a right. full blown studio. So no. let's no. all agree that Meteor yeah. is technically their second, um, even though it came it out three years later. Yes, with animation came out in 2002. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, so reanimation is not the second album, it right. is just the, it's the just remix like a, album. It's just like a fun album that they put together, right? Yeah. Right, it was a it was a project, right? Yeah. So they just did it and they released it or whatever. But it, but Meteora is the second album, yes. Um, but if you, but as I was listening to it, so reanimation's in 2002, right? So right. it's it's taking songs from Hybrid Theory that everybody knows and loves from 2000, um, yeah. Yeah, and so now and now Meteora the next year comes out right, and there are a lot of songs on there that I'm like that I'm listening to, and I'm like, this song is Meteora's version of, of this song from this Hybrid song Theory. from Hybrid Theory, <laughs> right? And it yeah. and it worked. It really right. is. Somewhere yeah. I Belong is Meteora's in the end. Okay, and uh, uh. Oh, what's the what's the, I can't remember the name of the song right now. Um, lying from you is, um, is a Meteora's version of Points of Authority. Okay, and things like that. Like you listen to it and you're like, oh my gosh! Like the, the, they did that recreate that yeah. same album, but at the same time, they threw in songs that kind of broke the mold too. Okay, and for people that like to give Lincoln Park crap about changing their sound. They did that a long time ago. They did that before they ever they ever before they even released Breaking the Habit or um before they released Hybrid Theory. Yeah. But when songs like Breaking the Habit and Faint came out um on Meteora, those were two different I remember listening to it and I'm like, this doesn't sound like Lincoln Park, but I love it. Breaking the Habit is like fast and it's electronic and there's no rapping in it. Like Mike Shinoda didn't do as much vocally on this one. Um, as he had before, like there, you know, it's it's still there, but you know, you have you have these big singles like "Breaking the Habit," which was a fast, upbeat, um, and electronic sounding thing, yeah. and then "Faint" was also like fast, like it, it didn't it didn't sound like new metal. So they 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 were able to revamp and uh, redo their sound. It's it's incredible, so good. So Meteora sold more than eighty. 800,000 copies during its first week. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. And and it ranked as the best-selling album on the Billboard charts at the time. The album single, including Somewhere I Belong, Breaking the Habit, Faint, and Numb, as Blake just, just mentioned before, mm-hmm. 
received significant radio attention. Side note, you could not go into a car, turn on the radio, go to the middle station without hearing numb. Numb? Oh, I, I don't know. care who you were. That's, that's Listen. it. That, that, and I man, thought that about was this today, me. too. That was it for me, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Numb is such a great, it's such a great song. Um, and it still holds up like to this day. It still sounds great. Yeah. But here, here is also how they broke the mold, too. So when you when it especially back in the days of releasing out, which now it's all about doing singles, but when you released an album and you were worried about you were more concerned with radio charting and like the radio picking these things up. You have to select which the you know what single you're right. going to release yeah, first, right? Yeah. Which then plays into well, how do you track the songs? What what is the track listing? What how, in what order do we do these songs? Um, and typically, as it goes, especially back then, you would put your first single needs to be one of the first three songs on the album. That's right. just how it's done. Yeah. Like it either needs to be the second one, the first, second, or third song. It's just how it's always been. So. In this case, that is what they did. First single that was chosen was Somewhere I Belong. It's the third song in the album. Technically the second one because the first one is just an intro, like beat or whatever, and then Don't Stay is the first song. But anyway, it's still in that. I, it's listed as number three. I will agree with you on that one because I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Metallica, right? When when they started yeah. doing the Black Album, mm. I remember watching a, like, a feature and... Um, Bob Rock, which is the producer of the album, yeah. said that their first single should be Oh Wolf and Man, which was at the end of the album. And then uh-huh. it changed to Inner Salmon, which was the first song yep. on the album. So it mm-hmm. made sense. So we, you're, we write, you know, I mean. That's how you do it. Like, yeah. or at least you did. That That's how it, because they, they, what they want is they want people to buy the album and find a song that they like almost immediately. So right. that is why, it, why it, it is typically like first, okay, second, third song. Here's but, what yeah. the first song, the first single is going to be. So it needs to be in the top three, top right? Th- right. Right. And you kind of space it out, right? right? You got some filler songs in there or whatever. In this case, like, you know, they had multiple singles that strung that, that, that came from this album. So they were spread out very well, but the biggest song by far to come from that album was numb. Numb is the last song on the whole thing. That never happens. No. Never. You never hear about that. Because they're, the record label, had they known that Numb was going to be such a big hit, they would have never agreed to that. They would have never said, don't make that the last song on the album. What are you doing? It needs to be the first song on the album. Like, that's just not how it was done. So for them to to have such a massive hit with Numb and it to be the last song on, it's just it it, it is it doesn't sound like now that doesn't sound like such a big deal no but it was like that's then. because yeah. things are easily accessible now like right. we can pull up our phone and i can type in numb and i can put i can play the song within two seconds of thinking of that i want to hear it yeah and that's not how it was back then we had to physically we had sleeves of cds that we had to go through to find the dang cd that we wanted to the listen struggle to struggle was real y'all the yeah struggle we had was to real. Through the thing yeah. then we could get to listen to it it just it didn't work that way so and, if, to, and if you yeah. had had it on cassette you were really screwed. good god you were screwed <laughs> if you wanted to listen <laughs> yeah. to something because yeah the fast forward you had, you okay find the wrong listen. song and you're yeah. like trying to back it up and you're like i went too far now i gotta yeah. listen to part of the song that i don't like and to yeah. just to hear it anyway 
Yeah, it was a it was a struggle back then yeah. with with having to listen to music. But, oh, God. No, uh, it's easier. Anyway, it's sorry, easier. It's, it's easier now, but it sucks now because you know. Yeah. It's all you know. Um, I'm so by October 2003, Meteora sold more, so nearly three million copies. Uh, the album's success allowed Lincoln Park to go to to form another project, Revolution, P R O. J E K T, which was That's right because it was, it was what you did. It's a yes. new album, man. It's cool. You, you misspelled things. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, which featured other bands and artists, including Mudvayne. I'm really not a big fan of Mudvayne. I don't know why. I like Mudvayne, okay, but I, I, don't, I mean, people obsess over, it and I really don't understand that. But I, I like Mudvayne. So we right. got, okay. so we got Mudvayne. Blindside, which I never heard I've of before. Never, I've never heard and of Blindside. Exhibit. You know, I do that, like Exhibit. Pimp My Ride, baby. Pimp My Ride was, Pimp my was, ride. A, was, a, yep. was the best uh, um, it was a good show. show back then. Yeah. Additionally, Metallica uh, invited Lincoln Park to play at their summer sanitarium tour 2003. And that, it, it, if you're going to tour with anybody, Metallica fit. You want to go on tour with Metallica. You do. That's have, what Isaac Kills is doing. They have the, they the biggest fan base you would ever see in your life, along right. with ACDC. You, yeah, ACDC, you you yeah. want to go out with 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 those guys? Like right. I remember Ice Nine Kills announcing that they were going on tour with Metallica. I was like, oh, they've made it now, man. Yeah. They're about to open themselves up to a whole new no, plethora. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so Metallica invited them to play at the Summer Sanitarium Tour 2003, um, which included well-known acts such as Lip Biscuit. Blake's, what Blake's favorite band. Mine I do too. love Limp Bizkit. <laughs> Mudvayne, which, uh, okay, cool. And okay. Deftones. Deftones, man. man. Yeah. Deftones and Nirvana. It's, that's it for me, man. Yeah. Oh. I do love Deftones. Uh, the band released an album uh, and DVD entitled Live in Texas, Ooh, which featured some, uh, some audio and video tracks from the band's performance in Texas during the tour. In early 2004, uh, Lincoln Park started a world tour entitled the, the Meteor World Tour, appropriately named. Yeah. Uh, supporting bands on the tour was Hoobastink, POD, Table on Death. I don't know Table if you know that. Death. Yeah. Uh, and Story of the Year in Pia. P-I-A, which I never heard before. Story of the year, man. Like, uh, uh, again, as you as you will continue to see, but like with Metallica and like taking bands out on tour, yeah. Linkin Park kind of became that. Like when with Project Revolution, like you wanted to get on Project Revolution. You wanted to get on the Family Values tour with Corn and Lint Biscuit. Wait because a minute. That was, what, what was... St. Anger out in 2003 or was it 04? Yeah, St. Anger was 2003. Okay, okay. So that was, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I like St. Anger. I do too. I don't, I don't understand I why have, people hate it so bad. I have, the snare drum sounds like like a literal trash can. But, I have I mean, more. I, bad. It's great. I have more respect for the album now than I did. Because if, you, if yeah. you watch some kind of monster, their documentation, you understand yeah, why the album suffered yeah. so bad. It did. Those guys yeah. really went through it making that thing. Right. Um, yeah, I love. I love Saint Anger. Like, I don't care Frantic what you say. I think it's good. Album, yeah. I really do. Frantic is a great um, song. But you know, like this, this they you know Lincoln Park be kind of became that. Like you wanted to get on Project Revolution. Yeah. 
you went because it was how you were going to get that exposure. Right. And, so, and Metallica you know, led, dude. You know, Metallica. Yeah. And, you know, Hoobstank was already kind of established at that point, but they're still, like, getting their kind of feet wet with a lot of this stuff. But they had a couple singles right. out at that time. Um, POD was also kind of the same thing, like, big in that early new metal scene. Not Stop crazy, down. crazy big. People gave them crap because they were a Christian new metal band, but I love P.O.D. I thought they were great. My my two um, favorite songs was uh, Southtown and um, We Are Southtown We Are. Was so good. The Youth of the Nation. And I love the drums of that one. That was so oh dope. yeah, there's some good there's some so good P.O.D. Dope. songs. Yeah, they, yeah, so I love dope. Them. yeah. The had... story of the year at that time, Page Avenue, which was their debut, came out in 2003. Um, and was produced by, you know, uh, John Feldman from Goldfinger, who had just worked yeah. with the used and he was working with a lot of these post hardcore yeah, bands. Everybody, doesn't he? Yeah, like everybody yeah. wants to work with John Feldman, but he got it, he kind of took them under his wing, like he did the used, produced their album, and you know, kind of like turned them loose with Lincoln Park. And then Story of the Year blows up, so it's just that's how it works, man. Like, you, right. you have to, you have to get on these tours and, um, with yeah. with these big name bands and and some people would call it selling out and I'm just like look if you're trying to make it as a music artist it's not selling out it, it's like that's buying in that's you, <laughs> you are you are buying in um, <laughs> because you are you are gambling with the uh, the potential to make it right. and, and any I'm, band that went out on tour with with Lincoln Park and I'm sure I'm sure Lincoln Park gave Metallica a run for their money. Man, yeah, God, yeah, you go out to Lincoln Park any time of the week, and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. so all right, so uh, Meteora earned the band multiple awards and honors. The band won and the MTV Awards for Best Rock Video for Somewhere I Belong and the Viewer's Choice Award for Breaking the Habit. Lincoln Park also received. Significant recognition during the 2004 Radio Music Awards, winning the Artist of the Year and Song of the Year for Numb. Um, although Meteora was not as nearly as successful as Hybrid 3, though, it was. Blows my mind that it wasn't, though. Like, yeah. honestly, I, I don't I don't understand that. But anyway. Well, Hybrid 3 <laughs> was, a, was a. Because Numb was Numb was such a big that was a big that was a big song. Yeah. I, it blows my mind that they they would say that it wasn't nearly as successful as media, as Hybrid Theory. I don't get that. But it was the third best selling yeah. album in the United States during 2003. So that's I mean yeah. that's yeah, I mean you, that's a big deal. Yeah, can't refute that. You know. Yeah. Uh, but the band spent the first few months of. 2004 touring around the world, first with the third project, J-E-K-T, Revolution Tour, and later several European concerts. At the same time, though, the band's relationship with Warner Bros. Records was deteriorating rapidly on account of several trust and financial issues. Uh-oh. After months of feuding, the band finally negotiated a deal in December of 2005. So, negotiated I just what up. deal? Do what? Negotiated what deal? Though? It doesn't say. Um, it's, sorry, I was looking up oh, okay. uh, the best selling albums of 2003. Um, 
trust and finance. Uh, I think it's just it's kind of the same kind of the same thing of like a big record, a big a big record label just kind of taking advantage of the situation. Oh, kind okay, of okay. Withholding some money, yeah. more money than they should because they're a bunch of greedy douchebags um, that are <laughs> making money off of other people and they don't have to put in the work. But the people that are putting in the work aren't getting paid as much or whatever. Right. Uh, also, it's a six-member band, so those kind of things can get really messy six. too because yeah. every, you know, yeah. it, it's keyboard anyway. drummer. Yeah. But they have families. They have like they have bills to pay yeah. too. Yeah. Like just because you're a rock star doesn't mean you don't have to pay taxes and bills and things like that. Like a, you still a lot of people have to make money somehow. A lot of people think that rock stars make a lot of money, but they don't. They don't. They don't. They really no, don't. No. The record labels make record a lot of money. Make a, right. Yeah. That's and why they don't you, have to do anything. That's why you see so many artists now going independent, like uh, Nine that, Points. That's the way to know? do it. Yep. I'm sure Nine Points killing it with their, you know, with the sales. Yeah. Because yeah, I hope they are. Yeah. We need him right. back on the show. You know, Elias. yeah, I would love to. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to have him back on. Love to have the whole band on. Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd All be right. cool. Top three albums of 2003. You ready? Yes, sir. Number three, Lincoln Park. Meteor. Done. Done. Yep. Beat out, by the way. They beat number number four was Michael Jackson's one of one of Michael Jackson's greatest hits albums. It was just called uh Michael Jackson number one. That's fair, because that's not a studio record. We don't count those. right, right. Um, let's see who let's see who else on. Number five was uh Dangerously in Love by Beyonce. Mm. Um okay. Uh, Black Eyed Peas, Elephant came out that year. I didn't know that. They beat they beat out the Black Eyed Peas. They Good. beat out Alicia Keys. Okay, Alicia Keys um, is a bad. I mean, she but man, that yeah, I love Alicia okay. Keys. Yeah. She could Alan sing. Jackson put out a greatest hits album in two thousand three. Alan Jackson that doesn't count though. Alan Jackson. I do like Alan Jackson. They beat Nickelback. Nickelback's um, The Long Road came out. The Long Road's a good album. Man. Yeah, I don't yeah, give yeah. Like, yeah. People give them a lot of crap. The Long Road was a good album. It's still All right, so I'm getting crap. ahead of myself here. Yeah. Number three, Linkin Park, Meteora. Number two, Get Rich or Die Trying by 50 Cent. Yeah, he, I yeah. I understand. Yeah, well, he, he, man, he, that was a monster album back then, dude. It was, but at the same time, he was, like, name, name more than two songs that you know from that album. I can't. Exactly. I can't, I can't name but one. <laughs> that's how it worked. That's yeah. how it worked, though. Yeah. And that, that is what is so different about buying albums back then and singles now. Was uh, was one of those songs Candy Shop? I wanted. No, to Candy think? Shop was the next album. Okay. See, I don't. Yeah. yeah see, this is this is even before then. So the, the big song from this one was obviously in the club. That, uh, yes. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which was massive. Massive. Everybody yeah. loved that song. Yep. That's the only reason they bought that album is for that one song. <laughs> yeah. Guarantee you, nobody yeah. else. Now there is another song that I liked from there, um, but I I can't remember what the the name yeah, of it was. Yeah. But I do remember there being another song that I liked. That's it. You bought the album to hear the one song. You didn't listen to anything else. Nope. Number one, number one album of two thousand three, "Fallen" by Evanescence. At, but oh, again, okay. yeah, that, that's, again, hey man, that's totally fair. It is fair, but that's again, to- why did they buy the album? It was for wake me up. Wake me yeah. up. Well, see, that, that, was, that was because of Ben Moody. Ben, ben, ben Moody was the genius behind Evanescence at that time. Yeah. yeah. And then he they have an interesting and, history too. They started out as a Christian band. Right. A lot of people yeah. don't know that. Yeah. We should do um, one on them, you know. But Evanescent, yeah, we should. We should. But Evanescence was number one because of uh because of that song. That's My very, Immortal was also yeah. really great too. I do love that song. 
Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a very But again, fair. that is the only two songs I guarantee you anyone can name from that number one selling album back then because all you did was buy the album so you could listen to the one song. Anyway, right. I, that's me. Yeah. I just think if it's a top selling album of, of yeah. some year, it needs to be a no skip, just like Meteora is for me, but I'm also like well, technically, just one person. So. I mean, what are you going to do if you can't buy the album for that one song? You have to wait till the radio played it and then right now right. play it ever, you know? And then you get a tape um, recorder and you, listen, <laughs> you record it. I did that with Bohemian Rhapsody one time. You know? I, I used to do that all the time. Right, I used yeah. to listen to the radio and I'd record it on a cassette tape. Yep. I didn't want to go buy the whole album. Anyway. All right. Let's uh this is this is uh this is kind of where we're gonna like the last little like talking point before we cap it for this episode. It's been a long one. Um we knew it was gonna be a long one. Um we've so we're definitely gonna split this up into two parts. Yeah. Um but we're gonna talk about minutes to midnight real quick. Um before we so like just kind of like quick interjection here so meteora comes out they go on tour for like forever um just just going off of meteora um there were some projects that were done in between there too mike shinoda had uh his um it's like rap album that he did and of course i can't think of the freaking name of the um of the uh oh my gosh it's gonna drive me nuts if i don't look it up right now fort minor Gosh, okay. I could not think of what it was called. Fort Minor was Mike Shinoda's like hip hop project that he did. Um, a lot of great songs on there. I will admit, there uh, Chester Bennington did do a song with him on there. Um, but uh, also we got to talk about uh, Collision Course, um, that they did with Jay Z, where yes. it was also another like remix mashup album of a bunch of Jay Z songs and, um a bunch of Lincoln park songs, MTV put it out. They called it collision course. They did a big like MTV special about it where they performed all the songs live. And, uh, which was crazy, 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 let, crazy. Good. Let me tell you, let me tell you one thing about Jay-Z. If you work directly with Jay-Z, you have made it. <laughs> yeah. Cause that guy is the hardest person I don't. I I I hardly see him do do interviews anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. Have you tried to reach out to him? No. Um, we but should. The, but the, we but should just the, see. We should just see if we'll God, get, to get any kind of great. response. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. But the last person who I've seen give get the interview was the um um uh, that dude with the cabbie hat was the Nard uh, War. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but that okay. was way back when I've never seen him do an interview yeah. since then. Yeah. Okay. So. Um no, yeah, I I, I love Jay Z. I really do. Yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. And I loved Collision Course. I thought that was such a good idea. It was kind of cool because it was like reanimation again, but with some like songs from Meteora, but they've like, you know, merged them with these like Jay Z songs. Um, which again, one step closer. Um, kind of, uh, so they collaborated one step closer and I can't remember what the other one was. It's another Lincoln park song, but they mixed it with 99 problems. Yeah. It goes hard, dude. Yes. It is so good. That's great. That's um, great. I love it. But, uh, it was so cool to see that, um, again, just kind of showing you like how they are as a band with wanting to work with other artists, especially hip hop artists, because there is such a huge hip hop influence on that band. Um, and it's so cool. Um, all right. So now 
all that's happening in the span of a few years. They haven't done anything since 2003, no new releases other than, you know, collision course and live in Texas. Um, everybody's wondering when the next Lincoln park album's coming out. I remember I had a buddy in school, me and him both were just massive Lincoln park fans. And we were always wondering when that next, that next album was going to come out. Finally, we learned that they were in the studio. They were working on new music and I was so excited. I watched like, I watched it progress as much as I could with any kind of update from the Lincoln park underground thing to try to figure out like when these album, when this album is going to come out, it was such a big deal. The, the most anticipated thing to, to happen to me, like, right. Like something I'm just counting down the days waiting for it to come out. All right. So let's talk about minutes to midnight. So Lincoln Park returned to the recording studio uh, in 2006 to work on new material uh, to produce the album. The band chose producer Rick Rubin, who has famously worked with people like the Beastie Boys and the list goes on. Um, despite initially stating the album would debut in sometimes uh, sometime in 2006, the album was delayed until 2007. The band had recorded 30 to 50 songs, 30 mm. to 50 songs in August of 2006, whenever Shinoda stated that the album was halfway completed. Um, so, <laughs> good Lord. I know. Um, so Bennington later added that the new album would stray away from their previous new metal sound. Um, Warner Brothers Records officially announced that the band's third studio album titled Minutes to Midnight would be released in May or on May 15th, 2007 in the United States. After spending 14 months working on the album, the band members opted to further refine their album by removing five of the original 17 tracks. The album's title, a reference to the Doomsday Clock, foreshadowed the band's new lyrical themes. Minutes to Midnight sold over 625,000 copies in its first week, making it one of the most successful debut uh, weeks in uh, week. Uh, excuse me, one of the most successful debut week albums in recent years. Uh, the album also took the top spot on the Billboard charts. Um, the album's first single, "What I've Done," was released on April 2nd and premiered on MTV and Fuse. Did you ever watch Fuse? I did. I loved yeah. Fuse, man. Fuse yeah. had a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Steven's not a rock show was in uranium. We're just so good. Uranium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, and premiered on MTV and Fuse within the same week. The single was uh, acclaimed by listeners, becoming the most top ranked, uh, becoming the top ranked song on the Billboard's modern rock tracks and mainstream rock track charts. Uh, the song was also used in the soundtrack for the 2007 action film Transformers. Mm -hmm. Had a great soundtrack. Oh yeah. Um, the used was also on that soundtrack. Really dang good. Um, Mike Shinoda was also featured on the styles of beyond song second to none, uh, which was also included in the film later in that year. Uh, the band won the favorite alternative artist in the American music awards. And the band also saw success with the rest of the album singles bleed it out. So good. Um, shadow of the day. Um, it's hard to listen to that song without crying now. Mm. Um, because of of Chester mm. Bennington, Shadow of the Day is so good. Given Up, which we have done a cover wars on, um, before, and uh, that's a lot. No, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. didn't. No, we're, no. we're we want to. We featured Given Up on the like longest screams episode. Remember that? There, yep, yep. There, um, yep. because there's that part where Chester Bennington just screams for like forty five seconds straight, right. and it's just amazing, so amazing, incredible. Yeah. 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 Um, and then leave out all the rest, uh, which were released throughout 2007 and uh, early 2008. 
uh, Lincoln Park. All right, I'm gonna talk about that real quick. So yeah. I know I've like gone down rabbit hole after rabbit <laughs> hole, but yeah, we fine. talked before about how like in Meteora, the band was start already starting to show you like, hey, we're we're not just a new metal band. Um, we're influenced by a lot of different bands. So when we write our music, we want to pay homage to this and that and other. Um, and it started with Meteora, but people really gave them crap with Minutes to Midnight because it w- this was like everyone was expecting it to be Hybrid Theory again, and, and they and, were like, "We're Meteora, not doing that. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. We're 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 kind of we're, st- it, we're it like we still love those songs, yeah. but we we can't do that again. We yeah. we just can't. Um, and so they really got adventurous with this thing. Mike Shinoda didn't rap hardly at all. In fact, he sang, which, which never happened. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, uh, there was, um, yeah, just, uh, trying to think of what the name of the song is now. Cause I can't, can't think of it. Um, hands held high. That's it. Hands held high is a song on there. Um, and you know, like there's still like, the uh the war in iraq is still going on so they were kind of being more like political yeah with this one as well and uh hands held high is is one of those and it's just mike shinoda on that song by the way chester bennington i think does sing a little bit on that one but he like he raps mike shinoda does his rapping part on that which is like one of the one or two times he does it uh on that whole entire album but then he sings on it too and everybody's like holy crap they really are just all over the place now yeah but bleed it out was just sounded really different shadow of the day was very like um electronic feeling and it's it was way more moody um another one that like will have you in your feels so freaking quick if you're not careful valentine's day mm. on minutes to midnight like is a gut-wrenching song um and uh i can only imagine after the passing of chest of chester biddington um his wife listening to that song yeah. probably if Turns i like if it. i was yeah. married to him i would, I would yeah. not be able to listen to it it is a gut-wrenching song but it is so good um it's a it's a great song if you have lost like a loved one to listen to i, I highly encourage you to do it um so anyway lincoln park embarked on a large world tour titled minutes to midnight world tour um again great great title for a tour <laughs> minutes to midnight the Minutes to Midnight World Tour. Uh, the band promoted the album's release by uh, forming their fourth Project Revolution tour in the United States. Here you go. This is probably would have been the best one to go to, um, with in- uh, which included many musical acts like My Chemical Romance, mm. Taking Back Sunday, mm-hmm. Him. Mm-hmm. Remember Him? Oh, yeah. 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 Placebo. I like placebo. Placebo has got some good bit. Yeah. And yeah. And many, many others. So that by that point, Project Revolution was was massive, but I can't imagine what it would have been like to see My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, and Lincoln Park in the same night. It's just yeah. been incredible. Yeah. Um, so they also played numerous shows in Europe, Asia, and Australia, which included a performance at the Live Earth Japan um on july 7th of 2007 i remember watching that on vh1 whenever it debuted that was cool um and headlining the download festival in uh, donnington park england and edge fest in downsview park toronto ontario canada um the band completed touring of their fourth project revolution tour before taking up um an arena tour around the united kingdom 
uh, visiting Nottingham, Sheffield, and Manchester before finishing a double night at the O2 Arena in London. Uh, Bennington stated that Linkin Park plans to release a follow-up album to Minutes to Midnight. Um, however, he stated that the band will first embark on a United States tour to gather inspiration for the album. Uh, Linkin Park embarked on another Project Revolution tour in 2008. Uh, this was the first time that a, t- a Project Revolution tour was held in Europe with three shows in Germany and one in the United Kingdom. A Project Revolution tour was also held in the United States, which which featured Chris Cornell, uh, The Bravery. I loved The Bravery when they were big, man, back in the day. Ashes Divide and the Street Drum Corps, which we featured Street Drum Corps on um, one of our Christmas covers. Remember the one that Allie was on? Yes. Um, and we did War Is Over. That yeah, was okay. Street Drum Corps, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which one of those guys went on to play drums in some 41, by oh, the way. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, yeah. So Linkin Park finished the tour with a final show in Texas. Uh, Mike Shinoda announced that a live CD, DVD titled Road to Revolution, live at Milton Keynes, uh, which is a live video recorded from the Project Revolution gig at the Milton Keynes Bowl in uh, on July 29th, 2008 which was officially released on November 24th, 2008. And that is where we will pick up next time for our coverage of the history of Lincoln park. I know that was a lot for one episode, but there's still a lot more to cover. Um, and again, I'm very passionate about this band. They were such a big deal to me, um, meant a lot to me. And it was truly heartbreaking whenever Chester Bennington died. Um, in fact, to this day, it's hard to listen to Lincoln park without like just getting really, really emotional it really is like um with the subject matter and like you know at that time i was a kid right when these songs are coming out and like i you know i'm like 10 11 12 like i haven't experienced the world yet but like i'm starting to experience some things but like as far as loss and things like that like i haven't i haven't gotten there yet yeah and going back and listening to especially hybrid theory and meteora this week there's a lot of pain in those lyrics and I never really paid attention to it until I was older. And now I have experienced pain and loss and suffering and, and, and and different emotions. And like those things make a lot more sense to me now. And knowing that Chester was going through a lot of this stuff and which would ultimately lead to him taking his own life. It's heartbreaking to listen to some of those songs and hear those hear those lyrics being sung and just it it's it's a lot man so um but we're we're gonna get into more of that in the next one um and uh when we cover you know leading up to uh chester's passing and for all of those who were listening and want to experience um lincoln park live with chester i deeply encourage you to go to any kind of spotify or apple music Go halfway down the page to the live albums, and they have three live albums that cover Hybrid Three, Meteor, and Minutes of Midnight, all all called yeah. Live Around the World. And I think you get the experience that you never got to experience. Yeah, hearing those live albums, you know, for sure, so, for sure. Yeah. Another cool thing that you can do that I have I have done before multiple times is the uh, the memorial concert that the band did after Chester died. Right. Um, and they had all these other bands like join them on stage to do Lincoln Park songs. 
um, one of the ones that really stand out to me was Blink-182 um, joining them. And this is when Matt Skiba was in the band. Tom had already left. so yeah. um, But Matt Skiba was in the band. California, I think, had just come out or was about to come out or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did What I've Done mm. um, with with Linkin Park. And mm. uh, it is it is so good. It is so good. When you have some time, go watch the memorial concert for Chester Bennington. It's truly special. Nice. So, uh, thanks for everybody for listening to the show. Yeah, today. Now that we're all depressed, let's right, let's yeah. end, let's end yeah. the show. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of which, we haven't done any uh, mental health moment with Blake. We have not, yeah. and we haven't done it in a while. We need to bring this, them back. This is this whole like <laughs> two parter is going to be like a mental. Big... You, you well, brought us down, Blake. We need a we need a I, I got to bring yeah. us back up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I wanted okay. to do with this one is kind of use these two, these next like this episode and our our second part for Lincoln Park. Think of it as one big mental health minute because, oh, like especially genius. with yeah. with with everything we're going to cover with Chris Cornell, um you know, passing and then and Chester the next, Bennington yeah. shortly after that. And the effects next that episode. it took on him. Like, yeah, like we're, yeah. we're going to, we're going to get into some of that stuff. And I think, uh, I think it will be good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of digging into that a little bit. Cause I think it's important to talk about, to, yeah. to, to, to talk about. Hey everybody. Thank you for this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build, build them back up, you know, Whoop. Hey, everybody. I'm sad. Yeah. Oh man. Don't I'm be sad. sad Don't be that's sad. rad. Be glad that I mean, cause um, cause like, be glad that Chester, we we got to see Chester for what he was and all he wanted yeah. to be, you know. Right. So we got to think about positivity on this. On, on, gotta be positive. On this episode. So, uh, thanks for thanks everybody for listening to the show today. Uh, be sure to share this with your friends, family, your dog, cats. Uh, I don't know what else. Horses. Turtles. Bears, sea whatever. Sea, your bears, sea, your ostriches. Sea, sea monkeys. What are grandma. those? Okay. Well, whatever. Um, Mailman. Leave a, <laughs> leave a rating and, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts from. And we'll read it right here if you want us to. Yeah. If you'd like to follow us on social media, uh, just uh, search for When Words Found Music Speaks. We are on Facebook. Twitter, X, whatever it is, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. Uh, again, all you have to do is just search for When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast and give us a follow. Would you like to be interviewed on the show? If you're a musician, come on the show. Reach out to us at, at james at whenwordsfailmusicspeaks.com. You're laughing at me. Come on. The, no, I'm laughing at myself. Come on the show. We're <laughs> okay. so professional. As the I the we, microphone stand and everything. Well, we try to be professional here. Or you can email Mr. Blake at WinWordsFailMusicSpeaks.com. Did you check your email lately? Blake? I do. I check it daily. Okay, yeah. nice. I check it always, daily. So it's good. Or yeah. um, you can message us on any of your social sites we mentioned before. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch uh, interviews, music video reactions, final showcases, uh, and much, much more. That's YouTube.com slash WinWordsFailMusicSpeaks. Uh, just be sure to turn on the notifications bell so that you can be notified whenever new videos are uploaded. Uh, and if this ends up being a YouTube video and you're watching currently, give us a thumbs up. We appreciate it. Leave us a comment. Let us know what your favorite Linkin Park song is. Yes, please do. 
And for mm-hmm. all these links to find out more about us, Mr. Cox and Mr. Mosley here, uh, go to or buy some of our merchandise. We have new shirts coming out pretty soon, I think. Yeah. Because um, you... Um, um, Working on that. Yeah. So uh, be sure to visit our website, when words fail, com. Our logo is created by One Up Graphics, and our theme song was created by Doc Brass. You can follow both of them on all their social pages as well. It's at One Up Graphics and at D-O-K Brass. Um, if you don't mind checking out my other podcast, it's called South Carolina Spook Show. It's all about uh, true crime and paranormal stories from the from the state of South Carolina. Um, it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. I know I said last time I was hoping to have a new episode up, and my week just got sh- just it was shot. Slam. It didn't happen. <laughs> it I was going to try to work on it tonight. I think it might be too late to work on it tonight, so maybe I'll have time to edit tomorrow and maybe get something up. I don't know. We'll see. But I do have something like recorded ready to go hopefully i can get that up soon yeah, uh, well, life happens yeah. life happens it happens man and thank you again to our sponsors betterhelp.com and bones coffee company uh go to betterhelp.com slash music speaks to get 10 percent off your first month of therapy and to get matched with a therapist that's perfect for you and always go to um BonesCoffee.com and use our discount code Music Speaks again to at checkout for 10% off your order. Right. We do not uh, own any of the music that is used in this episode and no copyright infringement is intended. And also, don't forget, uh, after August 29th, you will no longer be able to listen to this podcast or any podcast on the Stitcher app if that is your preferred platform. Uh, for links to other podcasts um, uh, or to other podcast platforms that we're on, you can visit any of our social pages or you can go to our website when words fail music speaks.com. Um, but again, if you use Stitcher, Stitcher is shutting down. And after August 29th, everything's going bye-bye. So go find another platform. Um, we highly suggest Apple podcasts, Spotify. It's got a great, yeah. I like to um, Apple, Apple, Apple Podcast. Apple Podcasts. I I prefer Apple Podcasts too. That's that's my my preference. But we're available on multiple uh, podcast platforms. Out we there. are spokespeople of Apple Apple Podcasts. That I'm not uh, okay. So, do you prefer Spotify or Apple Music better? I like Spotify for my music. Okay, but I prefer Apple Podcasts. Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah. Uh, with that said, uh, thank you for listening. And again, always remember when words fail, music speak. Bye, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>